Well, how are you getting on? Welcome to Counter Rook Pod, the podcast dedicated to all things Major League Rugby. I'm Killian Gowan, and you're very welcome to this edition of Counter Rook Pod. All right, are we on? You good to go? All right, welcome, and uh, I'm back. One week out of the game. I doubt you guys missed me. There was a whole lot of other things going on, um, but. Good to be back on the show, good to be back on the podcast. Lads, welcome to Counter Rook Pod. This is Killian Gown, your illegal Irishman living in Virginia for the last uh, eight months. 14 months now in the country, and I tell you what, it is flying by. Frame by asking, not that you guys are. I've got another four years, less than four years left on the uh, working visa, so um, yeah, nuts altogether. So, what did I get up to in the last week? Guys, I was uh, I brewed my second batch of beer there. Went for a uh, mango American pale ale. So I was kind of preoccupied with all that kind of stuff there last weekend. And uh, Guys, today's podcast, I have um, a gentleman from the west of Ireland. It's been very Irish heavy lately with Justin and Adam and their gentleman on the podcast today who I suspect you guys will um, hear his name being fucking butchered by the cbs crowd over the next couple of weeks unless they hear this podcast which i doubt they will or they get some irish pronunciation lessons but i'm going to give you a couple of renditions of the name i've heard tag 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 um tag so if you don't know who i'm talking about right now it's a tag leader tag leader of the san diego legion team He's on the pod later on, and uh, he's going to tell me about uh, you know the typical week that days that these guys go through um, as the uh, professional players, because you know not all of them on the squad are are fully paid professionals, so there is a little bit of discrepancy between what the paid guys do and what uh, the likes of uh, Tig and Ryan Mattis and all them guys do. But um, you know, before I you know give a little bit of a brief background on Tig, I just want to segue onto something um, slightly different and it's going to kind of set the theme for uh, the next couple of pods um, so you guys who have listened to the last 10 or so episodes of this know that when it comes to the latest and most um, up-to-date informed pieces of uh, trivia of all of our players or our league itself Counter a pod isn't the podcast for that. Um, it's not really a uh, news outlet. Um, if you guys are looking for really up to date news on major leagues, you know specifically you got the likes of this is Texas rugby, or there's also um, Flow Rugby or DJ Coil. These guys are all like kind of finger on the pulse. They'll have the latest and greatest. What I want to do is really talk about the human side of the game, the personal side of the game. Who you know, introduce the characters not just as Tiger Leader, out half for San Diego Legion, but Tiger Leader the person. And there is a reason behind this, and I'm not going to harp on about this for much longer. So do bear with me. And this is really just a subjective uh, view of the game here in America, so don't get at me. This is only my own you know, subjective view, but I feel that when you see the way sports people are treated in this country, it's very unpersonal and it's very 
objective rather than say subjective the human side the personal side of each of these sports people aren't really taken into consideration as much as say players back home we tend to rush players back from injury they make a mistake we ridicule them it's quite harsh the kind of comments you read on social media uh comment sections and it's quite unfair because you know it's a cliche but these guys are just like us um especially rugby in this country these aren't multi-millionaires like football or baseball these guys are for most parts uh, earning a very modest wage and the sacrifices they do especially the uh the guys who have to relocate and uh under circumstances that these uh contracts aren't for life these guys deserve to be um free from so much kind of skepticism and ridicule that you'd hope um wouldn't exist in the rugby community here in America and to be fair the rugby community here in America in America is fabulous they don't tend to uh pick on players as say other major league sports and maybe you can make the argument that because players are receiving large sums of money that they're uh, they should be entitled to um be criticized and of course I can't really um can't really refute that but my podcast is purely going to be based on developing the character of of somebody or rather introducing the character of somebody so that when the likes of Ryan Mattis or Angus McKellen or JP Loff make a mistake on the field you're not going to go straight to Twitter or you know a Reddit page and start blasting these guys for x y and z at the end of the day guys they're trying to do their best and they all have their own concerns um So I do hope you take that into consideration. Segwaying back now to Mr. Leader, um a younger brother of Dara Leader who is a current professional player with the Connacht team back home in Ireland. Tiger signed the uh, two-year contract with the uh, San Diego Legion and um he's been snapped up from Linden Wood University in Missouri. And his journey I think is really fascinating. A lot of these guys do have fascinating journeys to the MLR. Tig is no different. Tig actually was on the underage system at Connacht. I played age grade really and um made it on the sub academy academy and by the time he was kind of progressing and making the breakthrough onto the uh, senior squad, he had some shoulder injuries that kind of prevented him from actually, you know, remaking really the mark at that level, but what was interesting when I spoke to him was he made a decision to be released from his I guess academy contract from Connacht um earlier than when the contract ran its course because he wanted to find another avenue to reignite his love for the game and you know refresh just the whole his passion for playing rugby and by doing so he got uh, an opportunity then to travel over and play in Boston Wolfhounds for uh, a while which as he puts himself in the interview really kind of like re-sparked his uh, just love for the game from Boston he went back and played professional again with uh, Badia in Italy but a couple of injuries again kind of curtailed that kind of segment of time and he ended up just then taking up a sports scholarship with Lindenwood University in Missouri where he studied sports management but also played on the uh, the rugby team. Now interestingly for people outside the states if you ever play professional rugby and you 
also return to play university. You're actually going to get flagged, and that's what happened to Tyg. He ended up playing just two games for Lindenwood, and he got flagged for playing because of his uh, previous experience with Connacht, and I'm guessing Baddy as well. So the knock-on effect from that was that he ended up being more of a, um, a trainer for Lindenwood. But he did still play with St. Louis Royals in Missouri, and... Um, that's where he kind of started his uh, whole coaching career and started developing his coaching badges. So, very nice guy, very interesting guy, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, you know, it's just worth taking the time to get to know these guys as we kick off our season this year. So, uh, without further ado, this is Tight Leader from the San Diego Legion team. I'm delighted to be joined with uh, San Diego Legion player Tyg Leader. Tyg has... Uh, probably one of the first guys that were announced as a signing for the San Diego Legion team and he's just informed me that he's been spending so far he's about a month with the club so Ty Cartings welcome to the show Cheers thanks very much for having me on uh, I appreciate it happy to talk to the fellow Irish when it's over so how things are going on San Diego yeah absolutely we're taking over we've got a few guys now in a couple of teams so we're uh, you know we're making we're making hay now with all these teams and obviously on the uh, social media. So we're, we're movers and shakers in this league. And we're going to take over now by the next couple of years. Um, so look, I want to kind of hear your story, Tyg, um, And obviously we'll get to more detail on obviously how things are progressing in the, uh, in, in, at the Legion. But first of all, tell the listeners how you made your initial step over to the States and then from there, how you got picked up by the uh, San Diego Legion team? Yeah, um, so I moved over to the state two and a half years ago um, to Edward University. Um, I was playing with Connacht in Ireland in an Italian club, but uh, just at the tail end of my time in Italy, I kind of picked up an injury, so I decided I was pretty keen to get into education. Um, but as you know, rugby is in a career that you can, you know, Play for 10 15 years and sit back for the rest of your life, unfortunately. So I was up. I decided to head over to Lindbergh University. By the time the last two and a half years there, I absolutely loved it. It's a, it's a really good university. I'm studying sports management. Um, while I was there, unfortunately, I wasn't eligible to play for the collegiate side due to my time uh, in college in Italy. Uh, so that was a bit of a blow. But I mean, you always have to try and kind of make the best of uh, make the best of the situation. So from there, I ended up kind of playing and coaching with uh, St. Louis Royals. It's a local team, so I played and coached with them, and I accumulated in last year we won the national championship. So uh, that was a massive, uh, that was big for me in terms of uh, learning as a coach and obviously enjoyable as a player. Ty, can and, I can I jump in there and ask you why yeah, no, was it that the rule in collegiate? Um, the, the rules in the collegiate play is that if you play at a professional level, you can't play at a college level. Why? That seems quite unjust for somebody like yourself. Is that the reason? Because you played at a professional well, level? Yeah, yeah. That, it, because I had time to play, uh, I was like, I signed a contract in Ireland uh, as a professional, but at the time you, you're going to the academy system. So, you know, you can... Some people would argue whether or not that's a professional status or whatever. But anyway, I went through the process over quite a few weeks back and forth uh, with the kind of government body. And yeah, they just came to the decision that I wasn't able to play. Yeah, just due to the fact that I signed contracts uh, previously. So that was, a, yeah, as I said, that was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But 
um, yeah, I just had to kind of move on. And the other, other positive of that situation was it allowed me to really kind of focus on my studies as well, something I thoroughly enjoyed. But at the time, as you can imagine, I moved over to the States to, to play and that was kind of stripped away from me. So it took a bit of time to get used to and adjust. But um, since I think, I think I regard it as a blessing in disguise because I've kind of got the opportunity to get involved in coaching and do a lot more traveling, things I probably wouldn't have got the opportunity to do had I, had I been with the university full-time is the coaching avenue something that maybe post-career you want i know you're you were involved with a player agency but in relation to the coaching is it another avenue that you would like to explore further post-career oh without a doubt 100 percent um whilst in ireland it wasn't really something that i was too interested in i guess because i was solely focused on playing uh but since I moved to the States, and obviously, as I mentioned, I couldn't really play a whole lot of rugby, um, it was just an obvious avenue to explore and go down. So I enjoyed it far more than I ever could have promised. So it's something that I'm actually doing out here in San Diego today. I'm just kind of working with some of the local high schools and stuff like that. So um, after my playing career, for sure, it's, it's, it's something that I'd love to do. And I guess I'm just trying to keep involved in it now whilst I play so I can be you know, prepared to try and step into a role in whatever five seven years um, once the playing career wraps up and I mentioned the fact that you were involved in the the player agency uh, business and I think a lot of people who were following the Emma Lore kind of misread how your involvement with that and the Emma Lore would coexist so I don't want to put words in your mouth if you want to explain to the listeners how that situation is going to pan out now throughout the season yeah so yeah I, and I agree I think a lot of people are kind of asking questions um, to myself as a guy to the agency but essentially the fact that I've committed now to, to playing full time in the MLR the domestic league uh, my involvement is just in the States I, I've completely set back um, just because I think it would be a conflict of interest they agree I, the agency guys agree I agree so we just not to put anyone in a difficult situation so on that front, I've completely taken a, a step back from the day-to-day dealings with those guys, um, and they've been they've been amazing as well to, you know, really support me in this and let, let me let me pursue my playing career because I'm still only 25. So, um, yeah, they've been great in that front. But uh, I won't be prior to signing with San Diego. I was talking to guys every day and trying to assist people and see what was assist guys in America and the American teams. But now uh, I'm strictly strictly playing. So. That's kind of where that's where I stand now. So there shouldn't really be any kind of there won't be any grey area or any difficulty for anyone because I'm I'm no I'm no longer involved on a day to day basis. Yeah, I think that's worth clarifying, all right? I think people were curious about that. You and I spoke. God, what it must have been about six weeks ago now at this stage, and um, okay. yeah, I think it's it's a it's it's an interesting career, but I think as you rightly and as your previous employers kind of rightly mapped out it's it's something that could be a conflict of a potential conflict of interest and you guys obviously uh you guys made the right the right move for your own for your own playing career and interest but moving back to the rugby you obviously had your your time with college and you, you started your coaching did you complete your full coaching badges or what stage are you at now with that um, I've completed two of my badges today. Um, to be honest, the levels escape me at the moment. But I've, I've got, you know, done two of the camps 
so yeah, I have those down and I actually got, I got the opportunity to work at some like USA rugby assessment camps as an assessor kind of judging talents and things like that so that was actually a really interesting coaching experience getting to kind of look at guys in the Midwest like 13 to 18 um, so I, uh, at two levels done and um, I think I'm progressing pretty well uh, from a coaching standpoint I got the opportunity as well to coach full time out in Boston for kind of the seventh seventh program from uh, Boston Irish Wolfhounds it's uh, absolutely they were actually the club excuse me they were the club that initially brought me over to the States and from there I went to Lindawood so I have a lot to of those people so uh, the coaching has been going really well to be honest all the teams I've worked with so far we've had decent success and of course you never, you and correct me if I'm wrong you never really had coached you know prior to leaving Ireland so coaching you kind of took your first you dipped your toes in the water for the first time when you came over here with respect to coaching so it's probably yeah. more of a difficult question to answer but I'll throw it at you all the same if you could summarize what would you say would be the difference between your typical Irish player versus your typical American player in terms of just learning the game and, and picking up on what coaches have to say is would you think there's a difference uh, oh for, yeah definitely for sure obviously we're just lucky back home getting the opportunity to be playing from, from day one I mean I think I started playing probably five or six so you know you kind of you know even at that stage although it's absolutely basic you, know, you're, like, you don't really fully comprehend what's happening you know from five to ten you're learning all these kind of really basic skills um, and under, you kind of game understanding and obviously you just build on that as you progress whereas the guys here typically picking the game up a lot later they usually come in as far more impressive athletes, but their skill set or game understanding, you know, isn't on par or nowhere near par. Um, so that's one thing that, since I've begun coaching, I've played um, with kind of from 18 down, placing a, a major emphasis on just the kind of core, the core skills, just executing the core skills. And the biggest thing, actually, for me, and that I think is, is really should be a major focus for most coaches here, is communication. Um, I don't believe like, the American players seem to to talk as much as we would, maybe because it's coming from a football environment or whatever, where you have a specific role when you carry it out, I'm not sure, but that, that's been kind of told to me, people have told me that before. Um, so I think guys being quite quiet, not, I don't talk a whole lot. So for me as a coach, that's something I try to instill in the guys, it's just constantly chatting. And I'm sure you know from going to games, you know, when guys, there's usually a constant buzz and chatter on the field from guys that are pretty experienced. So just trying to implement that into the people here and make them understand that although it takes no talent, it's one of the most vital skills to uh, to have, and that applies at all levels. That's for sure. That's a really interesting point, and I certainly have noticed it at, uh, albeit Virginia Division Three level here. But um, it, it's 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 the same it's the same uh, kind of rule applies for the players over this side because I think from the football background, they're used to having a head coach and a quarterback basically instruct and bark and shout give all the orders and they're basically running running lines and reacting to what two main people say the head coach and the quarterback and when you brought up the point that communication is vital that's something that maybe it's a it's a tidbit of their of their game that they're missing i would say true word never spoken it's uh, it's remarkable how uncomfortable players at this level no matter how skillful they are are at just communicating maybe because of their previous background in football but yeah it's it's, it's very much it's, it's an interesting call out by yourself um so 
you're in you're in university. You're coaching. At what stage does Matt from San Diego get in contact? Um, Matt. So I started talking with Matt. I guess in maybe October time. Um, although they were announced kind of pretty late coming to the league, you know, publicly. Obviously, Matt and all the guys are doing their due diligence behind the scenes, and uh, like um, as you can see from the players we signed to date. Uh, which is a, I mean, look at the amount of eagles we have at the moment. They, uh, yeah. They've been doing a great job in in, in talking to players. So probably around, um, oh yeah, September, probably October time. I started initially talking with Matt and just trying to figure out how it would all work and how you know, as a, I'm a foreigner, so figuring out how that would work out. And um, I'm not, like, I'm not having completed my studies, so I still have a semester to go. And they were. Like that was one of my biggest priorities was being able to make sure I could return to my studies. If that wasn't the case, I wouldn't have come out here. But again, the guys here have been fantastic and made sure you know to work with me because they understand the importance of education. So um, they literally they did everything they could to, to accommodate me. And once they kind of had it all figured out, I was just excited to get out here. So it's been ongoing for a few months, and and that's the kind of case that most most players. So although we came to Although we're announced officially a little bit later than the other teams, um, the guys are still very active behind the scenes getting hold of pretty decent players. Well, I do love that, though, about what the environment Matt is going to be creating because he's just not looking at Tig leader, you know, the, the 10, 12, 15, you know, player on the field. He's looking at Tig leader, the man, the person, and obviously thinking that here's a person that we're going to invest in, allow this person to continue with their education and also try to get the best on off him from the field so i mean i've spoken to matt before in a previous podcast he's a just from the time you speak to him he's a real stand-up guy and i love the fact that he's given his players the the freedom or the realm to go back and kind of develop their own personal skills and develop their own professional skills whether it's education or further training so um from the outside looking in, it feels that Matt is obviously going to try to create a very positive environment. You did mention the Eagles, tied On my last count, I think I counted seven. And specifically for yourself, you know, you got Ben and Mike there that are kind of not... And I suppose Dylan as well. You got, you know, you got Dylan, Oddsley, Ben Seaman, okay, yeah. Mike Teo, all super, super players. So... By no means, it's a cakewalk. Competition will be uh, will be stiff for you anyway. Getting into that backline. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like it, it's um, when I initially first found out the kind of players that the guys signed. I was, I mean, of course it's going to be tough competition, but my reaction was definitely like, "Geez, this is brilliant! It's just like we're going to have a fantastic team." And especially in today's game, you need you know you do need a strong squad of you know everyday match day squad. Um, so I think we're definitely going to have that and. You can see a lot of the players we have. We have, like, like especially from the backline perspective, we have a lot of intelligent footballers, mm. not just kind of big guys who are going to run it straight. We have kind of smart players, and we can adapt pretty well between our kicking and passing game. Or so, um, no, it, it's going to be a very stiff competition, and something I'm definitely looking forward to. But um, it's as all players. I mean, as all players say, you do want that competition because it's only going to make you better. So. I'm really looking forward to kind of work, working more with the guys. At the moment, they're all up the way with the ARC, with the national team. So we haven't had a ton of training together, but we've met each other a few times and they're all good guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But the competition is definitely something I'm going to relish. And 
was, um, the knock-on effect will be a, a strong San Diego team come come uh, late April once we get the league started. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, we saw Dylan there make his debut against the, Ar- the Argentina 15. So you mentioned training. I'm, I'd be very curious to figure out, not figure out per se, but find out what is a typical week for Tide Leaguer at San Diego? Um, so yeah, we start every morning at six um, for gym, kind of gym speeds, gym and conditioning. So that typically goes six to eight. We're training at a facility in Excel in Carlsbad. So um, that's, the, the training facility is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, good where it's full of uh, current NFL guys or uh, combine guys. So we're surrounded by these absolute freaks of freaks of nature. So it's definitely kind of inspect. we're being tra- we're being trained by the same SEC coaches. So. Yeah, hopefully you know, in a few months we'll uh, put on some serious size. But anyway, yeah, six to eight we we train in the morning, um, gym, speed and conditioning, just to then get a chance to kind of see our physios and refuel off of that, um, get some breakfast, whatever it may be. Then we next session is we have a meeting at eleven, eleven thirty, just to kind of preview or pitch session. What 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 are we hoping to achieve? What are the outcomes? And in that meeting as well, we, we'd review our previous training sessions so everything's videoed so just to kind of go over a little bit to see how we can improve and do things better or it's also they highlight things we've done well and um, just to kind of keep on top of it uh, then we'd have an hour and a half session after that meeting usually end around maybe 1.30 uh, from there we go back to Exos again to just to kind of refuel and recover um, and then depending on the day we might then do another kind of top up skill session uh, so pretty low intensity but just you know, the forwards might be just kind of touch upon the lineouts or the backs when we just working on maybe some kicking or um, passing. So just that's not every day. It's depending on the how, how heavy the pitch and conditioning was. We may or may not have a third session. Um, so yeah, that's a typical day: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, Thursday, the rest day, and then Saturday morning we have a like comeback conditioning. That's that's always a tough, a tough session. Um, just just yesterday we had a combat session on the beach. So that was a, it was a nice change of scenery, but at the same time, it was pretty it was pretty very tough. A combat session? What's that? Um, a combat conditioning. So it's a combination of you know the beach yesterday. So we'd be doing maybe a lot of wrestling, kind of close quarter contacts and breakdowns, and then you you break into kind of show sprinting, and then maybe back into the the wrestling breakdowns, and then you, at that stage you're blowing. If you're doing that for three or four minutes pretty pretty hard and then maybe we, we touch upon some skills under fatigue and it's almost like a circuit so um yeah it's it's not it's not pleasant but uh it's it's i mean it's going to stand to us and say kind of money in the bank whatever for, for fitness it would definitely stand to us but yeah it's just it's where you get most of the kind of contact with such done during the week is in that saturday morning session that sounds you know what i'm actually kind of thrown up a little bit there just listening to that i'm not going to lie I do have yeah. a, uh, I do have a bottle of Sierra Nevada, you know, ale in front of me as well. So I mean, you know, we're talking about different spectrums here of in terms of physicality. So I mean, I'm just just tired listening from all that train. That sounds rough, yeah. but um, yeah, absolute. That's grueling. That is that's intense. No, it, it's it's the, the, the first week was that. I mean, I've been kind of out of the since I moved to obviously last year, two, two and a half years in university, I haven't had training at all to that degree. Um, so the body was like, the body was breaking down week one. It was just, uh, we were just in shock. Uh, but thankfully now we've all kind of acclimatized and we're doing well. But 
it is a lot of sessions, kind of three, three, two or three a day, depending. Um, but one of the biggest things then that, that they place a major emphasis on, and we're lucky being at Exos, we have access to top coaches and physios, uh, is your recovery. Because if you're not recovering right, you know, you can't really do it the next day. So we, we really place a big emphasis on that as well. It, it's essentially another session. You know, make sure you're doing all your prehab and rehab and then the recovery chambers, hot, hot baths, cold baths, all those little things where you stand to try and, you know, be fresh the next day because it is, it's a lot of work, that's for sure. Yeah, you guys have a serious setup there in Exos. It's, uh, you know, it's it's probably it's probably cutting edge, state of the art compared to probably the other six teams, certainly this year anyway, at least. Um, so look, I guess I want to wrap up and ask you, you know, off the field, away from rugby, your month now with San Diego. Um, Howard, basically, how is life treating you? I mean, are you? Uh, I know you're in there. You're living in San Diego. I mean, have you have you been able chance to see the sites, get around, get around California, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, in the last maybe two weeks, a lot more. The first week or two, I didn't do any tourist stuff because it, you literally you're just shattered. Um, but yeah, in the last two weeks now, thankfully, on, the, on our day off, um, kind of traveling around. There's some beautiful places. We're living quite close to a place called La Jolla, so it's quite nice to kind of you know check out places like that and I, I hopped in one of the trolleys in the city last week you know the tourist trolleys just to kind of get a pretty quick glance at the whole place so and, I, and that's why you know enjoy yourself off the field and I don't think there's a better place to do it than San Diego I've hit the beach a few times but my pasty Irish skin you know probably not the, not the <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything I didn't I mean when you said you're doing a combat train and I was like he's af- he's definitely on factor 100 he can- there's no way he's doing that factor 20 uh, I'm trying. The, the arms are tired a little bit, you know. I'm doing my best, but uh, it's uh, it's it's. I love, I grew up in the West Coast of Ireland, but a long way from home now. Yeah. West Coast of the States. Yeah. 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 Well, look, Ty, I will. Uh, I will say thank you very much first of all, but also wish you all the best and have all the fun while you're at it. It's uh, it's an incredible journey. You speak to the likes of uh, Adam Macklin down in Houston, along with Justin Allen and. These guys, uh, this, this, it's just a fabulous, fabulous experience for uh, you know us Irish to be living in the states, and then for especially you guys to be playing your trade out here in what will be the inaugural uh, MLR. So, you know, I wish you all the best, and um, hopefully get you back on, and we'll t- we'll talk as the season progresses. Yeah, no, I look, thanks so much for having me on. Enjoy chatting to you, and uh, yeah, I look forward to. It. Hopefully, talking again probably some point during the season, and hopefully that stage we'll have picked up a few wins. So guys, if there's anything to take away from this podcast with Mr. Leader, I ask, I beg, please send all high factors of sunscreen addressed to Mr. Leader at Exos in San Diego. Guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast and we will be back soon with Utah Warriors podcast in the next uh, couple of days. And I'm delighted actually to say that on the next podcast, I've got USA Eagles prop Angus McEllen. So if you've got any comments, if you've got any questions, please send them in to myself at Kigsgown on Twitter. Or, of course, you can reach me either at uh, counterrookpod at gmail.com. Also, guys, hate asking, but if you would please be so kind to leave a review subscribe any of that kind of stuff on your podcast channel where you listen to this be really really helpful and um yeah well guys uh, have a good one let's hope for an irish win this weekend against the welsh and uh, we'll touch base later on 
good look. <laughs>